It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy in favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville, seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call. You're going to have to interact with the people and you're going to have to knock on their door and be like, hey, like, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you okay? Everything's going on. Dealing with the challenges. Sometimes I was like, boy, I wish I would have paid more attention in that class. <laughs> I'd be able to answer this question a little bit better. Let me get back to you. Finding the beauty. At least for us in our seminarian time, um, we have to do papers. We have to do all these things, but always uh, create some times where you're going to spend time with the Lord. This is the Nash Vocations Podcast. Adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio. Like one of the fears that I would have entering seminary, it, like in, in regards to family, is the the like the question. I mean, is the desire to have a lineage, like desire to have something after me, especially to carry on my my family name and to like my legacy. And realizing as a stark reality, if God is calling me to be a priest, then He's calling me, and He's calling me to like, okay, picture my family tree, and then my brothers and stuff. Some of them have kids, and so there's a continuation of that. But then when it comes to me, it just stops. That's a stark reality, and that's mm-hmm. and, and and that's a that's a real kind of fear of that because there's a desire to. Um, have uh, like something to go beyond you in a way for you to kind of continue on, and, and 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 that's something that I still meditate on and still think about. Um, and like um, yeah, and and so that's something I still kind of like, like think about. And and one one at least one way I would kind of get beyond it is that like God will still have me carry on a legacy. But that type of legacy will usher into um, eternity and stuff. And so there's something. So God, just like you said before, Josh, is like God. God calls us all to be a part of a family. It's just a matter of how you are to be a part of the family. How you are to be supposed to be a father. God call, and how really how how you how all of us are called to be married, but in what sense are you called to be married? Married to uh, like a woman in natural marriage, or married or called to a supernatural marriage uh, that's for the church for the procreation of uh, of spiritual progeny instead of physical progeny mm-hmm. and stuff. And I want, I want to get David up in here in this conversation as well. <laughs> and so, like, what, what about like um like what would you say about like a, a man who's uh, struggling with the fear of not of family and this question of family I think that the biggest thing for me it's basically we tend to focus a lot, a lot, a lot on we're losing that part of family mm-hmm. but we forget about what we gain by losing that part mm-hmm. um, I think we also gain a lot of family by losing that part of our lineage we, we can call it that um, we tend to focus on the negativity of of losing a family of not having a lineage or if something after us however um, by becoming a priest by doing all this I think you also leave a legacy by the things that you do within your parish and your church yeah yeah and you mentioned how like family is one of those things that we 
or give up in a way. But what are some, what are some of the other things that a man might fear giving up? So family and the the, the, the opportunity to have his own children and have a wife immediately comes to mind. Uh, what about some of the other things as well that a man might kind of give up in a way in order to become a priest? I mean, for me especially, I think it's freedom. Um, I mean, you go to college, you finish high school, you're 18 years old, 21, whatever age, um, you finally have a career, you have a job, you have a car, you have your own place, things like that. And then this call comes and you're like, well, if I answer this call, that means I have to give up on this stuff. Um, and also you kind of have to give up on some of the, that freedom that you have that uh, freedom to do whatever you want without nobody else telling you not to do it. Um, that freedom to post whatever you want on social media too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that's a big fear. That was one of the, my biggest fear, like that fear of just losing my freedom. And just like I said, y- yes, you lose part of your free- freedom. You give up some of that freedom, but you gain more stuff to yourself as well, more personal spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. I yeah, I can I can speak to that. Uh, we were talking about like that giving up freedom. I mean, it's not like we're not like uh, living in some kind of like strict monastery setting. But at the same time, like you know, I had I had that plan for me. You know, you talked about your your career um, it, with the social work, and I you know I was in teaching and like you know we, you have these plans. You you've got this like general life layout. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get these extra further degrees, and I'm gonna I want to be able to teach in these things. I want to be able to do these things and. You know, you almost like have this mental map of everything through retirement, and then this this question of seminary comes up, and it's like that whole map just got thrown on the scrap heap if I'm going to seminary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like the I think that's one of the big fears, like having to having to have the 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 humility to stop and say, okay, you know what? There's nothing wrong with this plan, but maybe God is calling me to something different, and that means I'm going to have to let go of this plan. I can't just keep like clinging with all my might to this. I think one of the the first things that, um, at least when I was younger and, and thinking about the the priesthood, one of the things that came to mind um, was that it's not a very fun life. Um, at least the the priests that I grew up around and stuff, they were all pretty old, kind of crotchety <laughs> and stuff, and they didn't really care about you know all these kids running around their church and yada yada yada, um, and so in the back of my mind when, when I was thinking about the priesthood and stuff and also thinking about these priests that I knew, what, what I pictured was like, I'm going to be a grouch. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, priesthood must be really dull. Um, and as I got older and, and got to know more priests more personally and stuff, you know, that kind of went by the wayside. Um, but then that also did kind of... Um, that fear of, of it being a boring or a dull life reared its head when I also first entered seminary. Um, when I was when I was visiting the college seminary that I attended and stuff, you know, all the seminarians are prim and proper and polite. Hi, how are you? You know, I'm so and so. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be a rough time. <laughs> and uh, you know, the first the first few days, like everything's nice and and proper and stuff, and and everyone's super polite. And, and I was like, all right, well, you know, this is the next you know four years of my life, like prim and proper. Here we go. And then I got shot in the ear with a Nerf gun. And I was like, oh, oh wait a second, this is a, this is a lot different than than I thought this was going to be. You know, and and I've come to learn and, and appreciate the fact that um, seminary life and and the priesthood is 
it's a very enjoyable life. Um, in addition to, you know, all, all the graces and stuff and, and the people you get to meet, you know, it's, it's a very fulfilling and it's a very enjoyable life. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, and it, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we've, we've spent a lot of time in this conversation so far talking about the fear aspect of it, but there's another part of the, there's another part of this conversation that I feel like, like this conversation would talk about the, this other side of the equation. And that's the doubt that was there. We've talked about fears a lot, but what about this, this sense of doubt that a man might have uh, going into seminary? Uh, and mm, what type of doubts that a man might have about himself in regards to priesthood? So you know, I'll say that I, uh, I already already mentioned that I had gone to seminary for several years and then took a four year gap and then went back. So by the time I, get, I got back to the seminary, I mean I was by no means the, the oldest guy there. There were, we have vocations. Of, we have a few men like in their sixties um, who've gone to seminary, but you know I was definitely on the upper end of my classmates age wise. And you know it, you're surrounded by all these these other guys and you you just kind of feel out of place a little bit. And you know I, I get there. What was interesting is like it was actually probably more nerve wracking to go back to seminary than it was to go the first time. You know, the first time I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but you know, I was just like, I'm open for anything. And then like I form at the seminary I was at for college seminary, I formed this idea of what seminary looks like. And it was, it was a great place and I had a good time. But then when I come back and I'm going on to theology, I'm sent to another seminary and I get there and, and like, it just hits me. I was like, wow, this is culturally a very different place. I mean, it, it's great. I love it there, but it just, it was like this shell shock of like, oh my gosh, no, I, you know, I'm, I, I stick out like a sore thumb, not to mention that I'm, you know, considerably older than some of these guys. I mean, I've got, you know, my, my sisters, um, I, both of my little sisters, they're all, they're, we're all three adults now, but my younger sisters, I, I changed their diapers when they were babies. And there are people in my class that are their age or younger. And I look at, and like, I, I look at you, it's like, you're, you're an infant. Do you still have an umbilical cord? You're an infant. Um, <laughs> so I think, you know, that, that was one of the bigger doubts for me. Like, I get there, and I'm like, am I sure I'm really supposed to be doing this? I mean, like, this just feels odd, you know? And it took a while to kind of get through that. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I just say that to say that these sorts of things, I think, are natural. They happen a lot for everybody. Mm. Um, I think one of the one of the doubts that, that I experienced um, a fair amount in college, and, and still do, you know, from time to time, and um, is... is, is um, the doubt of, of my own abilities, um, you know, the the question of inadequacy at, at times, you know, Lord, I, I try my best, I, I'm putting forth all my effort, you know, um, what if it's not good enough? And um, I think one of the keys towards getting over that, that fear or that doubt that, that you're not good enough or that, you know, there's, there's guys better than you is the fact that, um, yeah, there are guys better than you. Um, first off. And then secondly, in spite of that, the Lord has still called you to this point. Um, now, why is is something that you need to explore and figure out and stuff like that. But as long as you are doing your best and doing it for the Lord, at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Whether you're, you're a successful seminarian, quote unquote, or a failure of a seminarian, quote unquote, as long as you are doing your best and doing it for the Lord and trying to follow his will, he'll take care of the rest. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think fears and doubts go hand to hand. So uh, I, one of my doubts, especially with seminary, it's like living with 150 another man's, um, 150 people who I don't know, am I going to be able to do it? Um, are we going to have personality crashes? I mean, we do, of course. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't like change, and I think that's one of my doubts. Like, am I going to be able to adapt to change? Um, and I mean, still, change is still going, and I'm trying to adapt. But I think that's one one of my biggest doubts is like, am I going to be able to adapt to this new lifestyle? Mm-hmm. And then I, I want to turn the like the, the my next question here, and that bounces very much off of Josh's own experience of entering seminary, coming out of seminary, and then now he's back, obviously. But that points to another type of fear, which may be rooted in a type of doubt as well, about what if I realize the priesthood is not for me and I want to leave seminary? Like, that, there's a, there's a fear that's encoded within that that a man might feel going into seminary, especially if he has, he's raised in a Catholic family and 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 he ta- and when he introduces his idea to uh, trying like the like the idea of going to seminary to his family and his family is like oh yes oh my goodness oh like and and, and people both in his family and in the Paris express their kind of ad- adulation at this. And they say, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I always knew you were going to be a priest. I always knew you were going to be a priest. And like, uh, and and when I saw you up there, all to serving us, like, oh my goodness, he gonna be a priest and stuff. <laughs> but, but that can create a form of pressure that's there. Mm-hmm. And when a man goes into seminary with that pressure, then. Like he, he makes his way through seminary and then like that question may, that pressure may turn into this type of question here of what if I realize uh, I'm in the priesthood, uh, like the priesthood is probably not for me and I want to leave. What, what type, how would we kind of like talk, talk about that situation? Yeah, so I think there's both like kind of the subjective aspect, like your experience of it, but then also the objective, like how institutionally it works. So subjectively, you know, Justin, you were talking about all these pressures. I think the one that always got me the most, uh, especially is like I was starting to think, maybe I need to step away from seminary, are, are the people who in all sincerity and being like super, like trying to be super supportive of what you're doing, because they know, they know we've done something that's countercultural, and they're, they're just trying to support us. But then they come up to you and they say, they smile and say, thank you for your yes. And it's like, oh my gosh. The weight on my shoulders. Thank you for your yes. As if this is a done deal. Like I'm discerning. The church gives me quite a while to discern. Like, don't put that on me. You know. I mean, super appreciated because like I, I look and I, I know they're they're just trying to offer me offer me love right there. But uh, so like yeah, it's definitely like as you start thinking maybe I, maybe this isn't for me or maybe I need to take a break from this. Um, there there is the pressure of like oh my gosh what if what if I disappoint them you know you think of all the smiling old ladies in the parishes you've been assigned to you think of <laughs> You think of the the kids that you've been around in youth groups that are that are uh, that are like yeah maybe I could go to seminary and you're like oh my gosh like how can I make this decision? Um, 
I mean, I guess on a practical answer, people do. You know, God will give you the, if that's what you're supposed to be doing, God will give you the, the grace to make it through that. Um, institutionally, the seminary, the diocese, um, their goal isn't, they don't get upset when you come in and you're like, hey, you know, Father, I'm not sure this is for me. Like, I've been praying on this and I've been going over this with my spiritual director. And I mean, this, is, this has been an ongoing thing. I mean, like, if you just wake up one day and like, you're like, hey, I, I think I got to go. They'll question that for sure. But like, if this is sincere discernment, like, they're not going to be upset with you. You know, they're, they're, because they're, they're, it's not like they have a quota to make. Um, like a, a man who genuinely discerns and then leaves, that's a success, just as much as a man who gets ordained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody can take that experience from you. Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I'm being in seminary for just my first semester, and I mean, just the first semester, semester's experience that I have gotten, it's just amazing. I mean, we're talking about personal spiritual growth. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the big misconception that people don't realize is that if you go to seminaries, like you were saying, Josh, is for discernment to see if this is what really God is calling you to be. And if at some point of during that process, you decided that this is not what God is calling you to be, then we have to kind of normalize that it is okay to step down. It's okay to uh, kind of discern other vocation that you might have. Mm-hmm. I would say it's more than just okay. It's it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's healthy. It's it's proper. You know, if your if your prayer takes you to that place, if your discernment takes you to that place, where you recognize and realize that the Lord wa- wants you elsewhere, is calling you elsewhere, is inviting you elsewhere, it's good, proper, and healthy to say, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm grateful for every grace and blessing that I've you know received on this path, and it's time for me to follow the Lord elsewhere. And touching more on like on the touching more on the other side of like the the coin of doubt, like there is when I, I notice this now in our conversation is like there's when you when you mention like uh, everybody's expectations of you when you express the desire to go to seminary, then then that, then that can immediately create a sense of self-doubt on oneself to live up to those expectations have you felt like uh, have any felt like the like that type of self-doubt of not being able to live up to the expectations that the like the the nice pious old ladies mm. at church may have for you or even your family may have you or even the the types of uh, expectations you may have of yourself in regards to priesthood Oh yeah, like you know, I've I've had the pleasure of over the years getting to have have different like pastoral experiences, and like uh, teaching um, teaching instruction like whether in the formal RCI pro- process or outside of the formal program for people seeking to enter the church or at least interested in the church, and uh, what really struck me was you know that here I am I, sh- I show up I have this title that says seminary and I'm wearing a nice little white thing around my neck that says that says please bother me, um, and they come up and they just start pouring their hearts out and it just hit me i was like oh my gosh they see they see a man with an ecclesiastical title of some sort they see a guy wearing black and they just they expect me to be christ for them and it it just hits you like a ton of bricks like i i have to do it like i I don't you know if i'm going to present myself this way i have i have an obligation to do my best to become a saint i you know i mean of course we're still human right um everybody is we're we're all still fallen we're all still on the same road but like it, it can it can be like overwhelming sometimes when when someone just approaches you and they expect you to be Jesus for them and like realizing if that's part of this life, I have to, I have to try at least. Yeah. Um, 
I think everyone in their mind has uh, has an ideal for what um, a seminarian or a priest should be, and uh, I think the people that have the most perfect ideal are oftentimes your family members, particularly your parents. Um, and this is something that I've experienced with my parents, you know, and, and they, they have certain expectations or desires or ideals and stuff. But at the end of the day, they themselves being imperfect, myself being imperfect, their notion of, of what I look like perfect is flawed. The, the only ideal that, that matters in my life is the ideal that the Lord has in store for me. Um, and I've had to have some very lengthy conversations with my parents, with some family members about that. You know, I'm A, not a priest yet. B, not necessarily going <laughs> to be a priest, you know. Um, and while those are those can be difficult conversations, um, they've been very fruitful. They've been very healthy. Um, and it's helped me grow in my relationship with, with friends and family when we, when we have those conversations and stuff. Um, but yeah, if, if, un, if unaddressed, those can be very, um, the expectations of others can be quite debilitating uh, in, our, in our relationships, I think, in my experience. No, no, I have to agree with that, especially expectations from close friends, families. Uh, um, those expectations kind of like build up on your head and then you come back home and those expectations are there. I have, I have to keep reminding myself, it's like, I am not here to meet their expectations. I'm here to meet God's expectations, like you were saying. Um, and I mean, sometimes we just have to take those expectations as a reminder that where we're we heading, that that's something we have to deal with. We experience this sense of inevitability. And this sense of inevitability is that at some time, a guy is going to discern out around us. It's going to happen. And in fact, I mean, it's a, it, may, it may seem like a bad thing at first, but no, it's a good thing if that happens. Because especially if they've discerned well, because they've they realized they got to a point they realized, okay, God has brought me here, and now God is taking me out to do what he wants me to do and he's been and, and he whatever formation he has received from it like whether it's years or months like or uh, even like just one semester or something that person that man is better for it in a way but of course we realize that it's not a bad thing that a god discerns out but what if Again, in seminary, we get to know the guys a little bit. And some guys we may kind of connect to a little bit more than others. And maybe like one guy we may connect with a little bit more. And that guy's like our best friend, our boy, our homie, our diocesan brother, discerns out. Or, or what, especially if a guy we enter seminary with in the same diocese. What if in one of these various situations that that man discerns out? Um, yeah, I mean, I'll speak to my own experience on this. One of one of my best friends from seminary did discern out, um, and initially it was really difficult. Um, there was definitely that that sense or that notion that, like, you know what, he discerned wrong, like he should still be a seminarian. Um, and I took it up with with my spiritual director a fair amount, and, and my spiritual director, who was a very blunt man, um, <laughs> reminded me, he goes, "It's not your discernment." It's his discernment. It's none of your business. Stop it. Stop it. That's none of your business. You have a very good friendship that is built on trust. So why can't you trust that he discerned properly and well? Um, and that really that really struck me. Um, 
because after he had left, there was a little bit of bitterness on on my end. Um, but after getting over that um, that bitterness, I mean, we're right back to being spectacular friends and stuff, and he's doing extremely well. And I look at him now, years later, um, living a, a lay life, and I mean, he's happier than he ever was in seminary, and he was one of the happiest guys in seminary. So. Um, I think the most important thing is to is to trust that that your friends, your brothers, discern properly, just as as they trust you're discerning properly. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the thing that strikes me is that I think for those of us who, when we go to the seminary, um, at least my experience, and I, I hear a lot of guys who seem to concur with this, um, you get an experience of fraternity that a lot of adult men don't get because the, you. Most most of us just like it, just going and doing the daily grind, getting into a career. It's a, it's without even realizing it. It's a very isolating thing. You end up with few, very few friends. Whereas when you go off to seminary, you're you're just surrounded by guys who are all united by the same purpose, right? And it can be a kick in the gut when guys leave. Like even even knowing that like you know I, I'm going to trust they're making good discernment, like Joe was saying. Um, just cause, you know I think of back when I was in first grade, this kid that was my best friend. Uh, comes in one day, one day and announces that he's moving out of town. And then I never saw the kid again. And yeah. granted, I don't remember very much about that friendship. I don't remember very much about the kid. I just remember the day he came in and told me he was moving away. Um, and I think in just a very natural sense, it, you know, it can be the same way when guys leave seminary. Um, yeah. Practically, it's, it's not that bad because, for instance, we're all adults. We can all keep up with each other. We live in a world with technology that you can keep up with each other. But it, oh, yeah. it, it, does, it is like that. You know, you may, you, like both of my neighbors discerned out this year. And, you know, guys are joking like, oh, gosh, don't move next to, Bert- don't move next to Bertram. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it, it, it can be rough. And I have to agree with that. I mean, it hasn't happened to me, but I know it will happen at some point. And there is that fear um, of like, man, I'm making good connections with these people, good relationships with these people. Uh, what happens if I or they they decide to discern out? And it doesn't happen yet. And I know it, it probably will hurt, like you're saying. It might, it might be a mix of feelings, but uh, I think that's the reason we're there to discern whether it's our call or not. Mm. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Nashville, shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at NashvilleCR.com.